0: Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. Thank you so much, worship team and young people, for sharing with us today. Uh, the music has lifted our hearts and has brought us to the Lord Jesus Christ. And remember how good a God we have and how thankful we are for that. Thank you so much. Faith, thank you for the song uh, with the Bemba and the Swahili. I, I, I agree with uh, Pastor Gary that uh, we it's always good for us to be reminded that we belong to a great uh, family of the Lord Jesus Christ that serves around this world. When we were in Africa back in 1998 and I was teaching... At the conference there, when we just started our work in Zambia, uh, there was—I had—every time I spoke, they would interpret into Bemba. Bemba was the local tribal language. Most of the people knew English, but not everybody. And the last night we were there, uh, we had some of our brothers and sisters from uh, Congo, who were there, and they didn't speak Bemba. They spoke Swahili. So every time I spoke. Some of you would translate it in the Bemba, and then some of you would translate it in the Swahili, so it took a while <laughs> to uh, get through and i 'm assuming they got what I said right um, but uh, it just reminded me how much that, uh, that it 's good just always to remember that we are part of something so much bigger uh, than than what is going on right here. Young people, thank you so much for uh, sharing that song it 's uh, wonderful to have our young people serve and minister to us and alongside of us, whether it's handing out bulletins, serving on mission tips, teaching our children, singing and worshiping up here, Uh, best Father's Day gift that we've been given. Let's pray. Father, as we open your word this morning, may our hearts be open to your word and may we continue to rejoice. We have have been worshiping around your word already as we have been gathered in, in song and scripture and meditation and thoughts and we continue to do so, and we uh, pray your wonderful presence uh, with us in these next few moments to continue in Christ's name. Amen. Philippians chapter 4 this morning. And this morning, as we uh, sort of have a dilemma, in that we're trying, trying to finish our book of Philippians uh, this month. And as I prepared this, first of all, chapter 3 and verses 17 to 4, 1, um, we already covered, because I used that passage for Easter, for the resurrection. So we've already covered that section. And so today we are going to cover this next section of chapter 4. If you happen to have an NIB Bible, you will notice, at least in mine, verses 2 through 9 are a paragraph. Now, in studying and preparing this, a little dilemma I have is that We really have sort of two distinct sections here, almost two completely different messages. Maybe. Because as I did go through it and review it, it kind of reminded myself again, please remember the setting. This is a letter written to a congregation. They gathered around the first time to hear it. I'm sure when it arrived and the word got out, the letter from Paul came, they anticipated they came and somebody read this letter audibly to them in one setting. They did not get it uh, week by week, you know, over several weeks. They may have done that later. That in mind, they heard this in one setting. And so I want you to help me this morning as we look at these two sections, and I want to ask you to help me. Uh, what is the connection? What do you think the connection is Or are they connected? Or is it just two different thoughts? I want to suggest to you that the word that maybe stitches these two together is the word peace. The word peace. In the Hebrew, of course, the word shalom, which uh, Paul, the author, is a a Jewish man, would have deep meaning for him. The word shalom, which means health and wellness, more than just the absence of conflict. I want to suggest to you that maybe this is the word that stitches this together. But let's look at verse 2. We have a very interesting section here to begin this. Paul says publicly, right? This is read publicly to the congregation. And they all hear this at the same time. I plead with Iodia. I plead with Syntyche. To agree with each other. To agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, loyal yoke fellow help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose name is in whose names are in the book of life this is very unusual paul rarely mentions people by name in this kind of a situation there are a few times he mentions those who are opposing the gospel who are who are who are trying to damage who are heretics and so forth Very seldom would Paul do this. This is very, this is very important. There's something very important here that Paul would publicly bring this up to the congregation while these people are probably sitting there listening. Who, who were these two ladies? And these are ladies, Yodia and Syntyche. They're feminine names, and almost everybody agrees these are two ladies in the church. And I want you to notice who they are. He tells us who they are toward the end of this. He says that these women have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers. These two women, these two ladies are very important members of Paul's ministry team. I mean, I don't know how she would read that. He says they have contended with me at my side when I was with you, Philippians, when I was in Philippi. They were part of my ministry. They, they were, the word contended really is the word that comes from the idea of to fight alongside in a battle, part of a squad of soldiers, fighting together, protecting and helping one another. Or it could be an athletic term, part of a team, a team striving together. This is, this is a serious word. They, these ladies were part of our team. They strove with me. They contended with me. They were an important part of the gospel ministry. Clement, you remember this, Clement, along with the other members of our ministry team. These were important people, and these are important people. So these two women are very important members and parts of the ministry in Philippi. If you remember the story, we looked at the first week, how the church of Philippi started in the book of Acts in chapter 16. When the apostle Paul gets there to Philippi in Macedonia, Evidently, he did not find a synagogue like he normally would go to. He went down to the river where some women gathered to pray. And we, we assume they were Jewish women who gathered at the river to pray because there were not enough heads of households to have a synagogue. And it was birthed out of this group of women was birthed this Jewish Christian and then the Gentile Uh, the people who were attracted was birthed this Philippian church. And in fact, in Macedonia, we know from Greek literature that women had very important roles in this particular part of the Greek world. This was the birth of this church. Were these two ladies part of that birth process? Maybe they were part of that group of women who gathered to pray, who came with Lydia uh, later to to gather around. And they were there as, as part of the birth of this work. But something has happened with these two co-workers of the apostle Paul. And I want you to notice that Paul does not take sides in this disagreement. He does not put one against the other. In fact, for both of them, he, he, he asks both of them, he pleads with Yodia and he pleads with Syntyche. He He pleads equally with both of them. He does not mention what the difficulty is, which I think we could understand that this is not... A heresy, this is not a doctrinal issue that is, that is, a, a, that is opposed to the gospel he is preaching. It's something else, and we aren't told what it is, and so the speculation has to end there. There is a difference that has taken place between these two important members of Paul's ministry team, but evidently, the difference has got so serious, it's caused division. And it's caused division maybe among them, and among people in the church, we all understand this. We, we all disagree. We don't have we don't have to agree on everything. You know that? Do you all agree with me on everything? Raise your hand if you agree with me on everything. Yes, I see that hand. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> ben, thank you. Oh, Lord bless your friend. Alright, and my wife and not even oh that was Lauren. Oh my wife didn't raise her hand. Sorry. All right. Well okay. And we don't have to agree in the church, fam. We don't have to agree on everything. We don't have. It's okay, and, that, and I've told you. And I, and I, and I, I know that uh, someday when I'm dead and gone, you'll remember a few things I said. And one I hope you remember is, young people, if you ever go to a church where they say, "Don't dare, don't ever dare ask questions," you're in the wrong church. Uh, we encourage you. If you have a, dis- if you disagree, come and talk to us. Do it respectfully. That's scriptural. But it's the Bible is our touchstone, that's our final touchstone, and uh, and, and we are here to. To, to engage together in God's Word. We may not agree on everything. Well, I, in fact, I just touched on something here today I know there's disagreement on. Women's role in ministry, right? Be awful quiet about that, okay? (laughs) But we know that's a, that's a big issue today. And, um, but we don't, we don't agree on everything. Hopefully, we, we do agree that Scripture is our touchstone. Is where we'll come back to, to try to resolve our differences. So this is very important. And and Paul says here, uh, Clement, um, I mean, uh, excuse me, along with Clement, loyal yoke fellow. Now, if you might have a note in the bottom of your Bible, mine has a note that says, or loyal side goose or side goose. And that's, for those of my class this morning, we talked about this, that in the old, in the Greek and the Hebrew, it's sometimes not always exactly clear which is actually a name and which is descriptive because there's no capital letters to help us understand that. So there are those who think this is actually the name of the person, but most of the translators and most of the theologians say, no, it seems to be descriptive. I'm asking you, loyal yoke fellow, help these women. Get involved and help them resolve this even if there's a disagreement that they can't come to agreement on completely, they can agree on the work of the gospel and resolve this so they can continue contending at our sides in the gospel ministry. Because our names are written in the book of life. Listen, friends, what matters, and I want to also remind you of this. This is something else you can remember. Uh, I'm not important. What matters is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what's important. ultimately, That is what is important, is God's work. God's work. We're part of something so wonderful. And wherever God has called you, and every one of you have a Christian calling, we're all in this together because it's God's work. And the unity and the work of the gospel is more important than than me. Listen, Paul knew about this. Paul knew all very well about this. Do you remember Acts chapter 15? at the end of the Jerusalem council, when they had this resolution of this Jew and Gentile problems, for at least for now, and then they're ready to go back on their next missionary journey, and they're all ready to go. And Barnabas says, let's bring John Mark. And Paul says, we're not bringing John Mark. He deserted us on the first trip. Barnabas says, yes, we are. Paul says, no, we're not. And it says they had such a disagreement that what? They parted ways. Paul and Barnabas the original founders of this work in Asia Minor as missionaries, they split up over this issue of John Mark. It was a disagreement. Paul knew very well about disagreements. Fortunately, praise the Lord, they resolved that. Because at the end of Paul's life, there's one person in particular Paul asked for who is so dear to his ministry is John Mark. So they resolved that. Paul knew about this. So lesson number one, here's our, here's our problem, friends. There's lesson number one in this, in today's section from Philippians. The yoke fellow is given a strong word. This is not a, this is not a, a minor issue. He's, it's a strong, the word for help there, it's a strong word. It's a word for grasp, to seize. When they grasped Jesus to arrest him, that's the word that was used. When they grasped Peter to arrest him, That's the word that was used. It called for strong, personal intervention to bring this team together, to remind them they are in the same squad, they're on the same team, and they need to overcome these differences, and they are asked to have the same mindset to move forward in this very difficult time where persecution is arising against the church. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. And this loyal yoke fellow was called to help be a peacemaker and bring this situation back to unity. Blessed are the peacemakers. And I guess our lesson here is, if we have our differences, we must always be aware of where those boundaries are, that that we can agree to disagree on things without it being personal. Pastor Schutz, one of the things I always remember, Pastor Schutz teaching that he many times from his pulpit, the previous pastor to me, dear brother in the Lord. And he said, it could be as much a sin to take offense as give offense. You know that? If you're a kind of person who's easily offended all the time, that can be just as sinful as a person who gives offense. Remember those boundaries. Have our differences. But when it comes to the work of the gospel, it's what I love about our elder board at this church what I love about the elders and leaders in this church, we can have our differences. We can have disagreements. But when we leave that room, we serve shoulder to shoulder. We're a team. As pastors, as leaders, we're a team. And it's okay if we disagree. But let's remember those boundaries. And, friends, if, if God calls you to be his peacemaker and help bring people together, do it. Do it for the sake of His work. Now, we we switch gears, or do we? Or do we? Verse four. This passage of Scripture, verses four through seven, I I can guarantee you, I have quoted more times than any pastor, any passage, maybe any pastor too, (laughs) than any passage in the Bible in my ministry. I usually I usually quote it verbatim from the King James because that's how I learned it. Way, way back, you know. Uh I learned it in the King James. Be anxious for nothing. And the reason I use this passage so much is that there are certain passages in scripture that while they might seem wrote or maybe mis misapplied when when people are in situations where they just need some, just some comfort and just some reminder, it's going to be okay. Right? It's going to be okay because God's in charge. It's going to be okay. Thank you. Well, you know, we worry about the, we worry about the future. Man, I'm seeing these young people up here, the four of them. um, I'm reminded it's going to be okay. Huh? That's the future of God's work. On this corner. It's gonna be okay. And I read this passage, and you know what? I've never once had anybody say, oh, Pastor Jim, that's old news. I've heard that so many times. No, most of the time, they're either saying it with me, or they're, you know, they're agreeing with it. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness Be evident to all, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, supplication, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God. Which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You notice a lesson here. Wouldn't don't we all once in a while just need that lesson on how not to be anxious? Am I the only one? How not to be anxious? There's a lot of anxiety. It, it, come on, I mean, Paul, don't be anxious. Remember who wrote this. Here's a a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ under house arrest. Here's a, here's a man who has been whipped multiple times. He's been beaten. He's been stoned and left for dead. He's been shipwrecked. He's been ridiculed. He's been dismissed by the people he loves the most, his own people. And, and, and he says, Just don't be anxious. The, the Jim's translation is going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Be anxious for nothing. How do you get to that point? Well, let's, let's get there where he starts. Rejoice. Rejoice. The key word is joy. Re-do it again. Rejoice. What? In the Lord. This is not a misplaced, just, oh, you know, be happy. It's okay to be happy. I want you to be happy. But sometimes life is not always happy. I I know I mentioned this before too. I always remember when uh, back in Grace Bible College one time when Dr. Dean in a class, I wrote it down on a little card and I kept it if my I could avoid a lot of pain and, and difficulty in this life if my only goal is to be happy as a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, sometimes you put yourself in places where it's not a happy place, it's not a happy place, but we can rejoice in the Lord. We can rejoice in the Lord because He is the one who went to the cross and suffered the penalty for our sins and has brought us eternal life. He has forgiven our sins. Imagine that, forgiven my sins. Rejoice, rejoice in the Lord. There's the starting point. Paul says, I'll say it again, Philippians. Now, is there any connection between this and the previous section? This is still being read publicly. Eudia and, and Syntyche might be sitting there and Clement and the loyal yoke fellow and the others who maybe... And, and Paul says, come on, friends, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to say it again to you. Rejoice in the Lord. Let your gentleness be evident to all. And, and several of the commentators made the point, the word here for gentleness, the word implies not not just a kind of a quiet, meek, but the idea of you don't have to be the person who has the last word. My gentleness with you and your gentleness with me is making allowance for each other. I don't have to always be right and you don't always have to be right. You know, that's one of the hardest things, isn't it? We learn in, in relationships. You, you Sometimes you give up the right to always have to be right when it comes to, to, to non-essential issues. I don't have to have the last word. And the the word gentleness here kind of implies this. Be, Be gentle. Be kind with each other. Be kind. This is a community letter. It's written to a community. Be gentle with each other. And in fact, Paul goes further than that. Paul says, let your gentleness be evident to everybody. When you leave this place, Philippians, where you've gathered to hear this, whether it's in a house or wherever they gather to hear the word that Paul sent them, and they leave to go back to their shops, go back to their work, go back to their relatives, you should be gentle to everybody. Everybody should see this difference in your life. Something's changed. Something's changed about you because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come unto me, all you who are, who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. Learn from me. I am meek and gentle. He was strong. He went to the cross of Calvary. But, but he was gentle. And and this is our call, friends. There's no excuse, and please don't, don't, you don't get off the hook by saying, well, that's just not me. Too bad. Let it be you. The Bible says it. You should be gentle to all. You don't have to have the last word. Be gentle to all. Rejoice. In the Jewish context, Jewish piety revolved around rejoicing. Prayer and thanksgiving as per the Psalms. This theme comes up over and over again. Rejoice, pray, be thankful. 16 times the, the word group of joy. If you take the word group with the root word joy, 16 times in Philippians we have this word. So Paul's coming toward the closest letter. Friends, rejoice. Let me tell you again, Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Why? Because the Lord is near. Let me ask you a question. Because it can go either way. What do you think? Do you think when Paul says the Lord is near, do you think he means the Lord is near? Like right here in our presence? Or do you think he means his coming is closer than it was yesterday? Huh? Huh? Yeah, good. Thank you. I, I, you know, sometimes I, th- you know, God. I think sometimes leaves a little bit of this ambiguity, just like you and I, when we write, might do. Right? Good literature sometimes does that. Bible's great, inspired, godly literature too. And maybe that ambiguity is there on purpose. Yes, His coming is near. Philippians, rejoice! It's near. And all I can say is, when is it going to be? It's it's it's, closer, it's one day closer than it was Saturday we're going to see in Timothy where, where Paul says, nobody would stand with me, but the Lord stood next to me. The Lord is near. Do, you, do we really believe that? Do we really ever just stop and just remember Christ is near. The Holy Spirit is here. This is a community letter. The Lord is here. The Spirit is here. The Lord is near. Therefore, don't be anxious about anything. But instead, here's the great thing about the scripture. God just doesn't say, don't do this. He doesn't just say, take off this. But he says, when you take this off, instead put this on. When you take away anxiety, and it's, it's a daily challenge. It's a daily challenge but when we take away anxiety, we replace it with something else. And he says this, don't be anxious, but instead, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, notice the inclusiveness, but in everything, what? By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Listen, friends, you know, he could have just said with prayer and left it at that. I mean, isn't that enough? With prayer, present your request to God. But he adds in there this word petition. It's okay to it's okay to be Abraham sometimes. <laughs> Say, God, come on, for the sake of fifty, how about forty, right? I mean, it's okay. There's a there's a tra- tradition in the old testament, there's a Jewish tradition of of, of arguing with God. Petition, God, you could do this. You could do this. Why not? I'm asking you, prayer and petition. We're asking you, you can do this. There's nothing wrong with that. That's our heart's desire. And there's nothing too small. If it's important to you, it's important to God. This is Father's Day. Our children, our little children, the littlest ones we have, if it's important to them, isn't it important to you? You don't ever, oh, that's stupid. That's just a kid thing. Of course not. With prayer and petition. Petition with prayer and petition, come to God and let your request be made known. Tell him, talk to him. And it, it replaces the anxiety and the anxiousness when we come to God and we, and we feel free to, to ask him, to petition him, to thank him, to pray to him. And, and when do you do that, friends? Come on, when do you do that most? You know, you do it when you have to do it the most, when there's nothing else left to do. And Paul's response, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Why? Because the peace shalom of God that transcends all understanding. And again, there's an ambiguity here. Does the transcends all understanding mean we can never understand the nature of God, the serene, calm, peaceful nature of God? Or does it mean we will never understand how he applies that to us? Huh? Yes, and yes. The peace of God. And this is this is so beautiful. Paul says this. Paul, who was under house arrest and is surrounded by Roman guards, the Philippians, who live in a Roman colony that was very, very thought they thought very highly of their status as citizens and as a real colony of Rome where there were Roman guards protecting them and giving them security. Paul says, listen, friends, the peace of God will post security around you and set a sentry so you don't have to be anxious. The peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. There's some confidence in having those guards surround you. The peace of God. Shalom. It will be okay. Why? Because if you belong to God, God knows how to take care of what belongs to Him. The peace of God transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We're well, going to stop there and let you, Well, let's just read the last section. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, written to the community with the players that we've just talked about sitting there, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. And whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, Paul says, or you've seen in me, put it into practice. He's not afraid to say that. And the peace of God will be with you. I trust, and I look forward to hearing someday in glory, that Yodia and Syntyche and Clement and the loyal Yoke fellow got this worked out and pushed ahead with the ministry in Philippi to God's glory as a ministry team. And I trust that these people who are just in the very early stages now, of the persecution, which was going to take many of their lives as martyrs, including Paul, that they found shalom by always coming back to God and asking Him and thanking Him and praying to Him be anxious for nothing. I have a great quote I want to close with. Could you put that up there for me? Uh, Mr. Pace, I don't see my remote up here somewhere. Somebody find that for next Sunday, okay? All right. <laughs> Could be my pocket. I took it home maybe. Yeah. This is a, I love this quote. This is by one of the authors Silva, Bible commentator. Look at that. Isn't that a great quote? God's peace transcends our intellectual powers precisely. Because believers experience it when it is unexpected in circumstances that appear to make it impossible. Can any of you relate to that? Huh? Amen? When you least expect it. You don't get to taste it out ahead of time. But when it's needed, I love that quote. It's there. When it's unexpected in circumstances that appear to make it impossible. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It's Father's Day. I know. <laughs> okay. I didn't forget. We're trying to finish Philippians. It's Father's Day, and my, my message, and my, my closing comment is simply this. Fathers, what can, we, what can we do? What can we give? What's the best thing as fathers we can do? And that is, my friends, to live this. I am so thankful. As you know, my father died when I was pretty young. But I never lacked for fathers in my life. They were right here. They're my father in law. My friends in the church. I never lacked for spiritual men in my life who lived this principle. And, friends, for Father's Day, the best, you always get asked, what do you want for Father's Day? I'm old enough to buy my own stuff for Father's Day. Besides, you don't know what records I like anyway, okay? <laughs> what do you want for Father's Day? You know what I? You know what? You know what? To to see these young people up here, Faith and Derek—I remember when you guys were born. Yeah, I got to dedicate their little guy. I've, I've watched this transformation of lives. I've seen these young people. I've watched them. Fathers, grandfathers, fathers of the church. What else do you want? What else do you want than to be part of something where people are growing, they're serving, they're loving, they're part of God's work? Wow, that's Father's Day, Amen. Let's—we're going to close our service with a song, and then just before we leave, we're going to introduce our new church members, and then we're going to go home and we'll celebrate our Father's Day. See it for a moment. We like—we have a tradition of bringing. You can sit down just for a second. I'd like to invite. Our new members who have uh, been in our membership class, come on down, Matthew O'Kane, and Elizabeth Patton, and Margaret Phillips, and Carolyn Wilkerson, and Dan Royal, and Katie Raybuck. These have uh, been in our membership class, and they've given their testimony of faith to our board of elders and to me, and uh, we are so thankful that they have chosen to become part of our church as, as members of our church, Uh, You know, we don't, no one is a second class participant at Brain Bible Church. We do have church membership and there does come a time when there are things that members vote on. Um, But the most important is they are um, publicly given their uh, testimony, their affiliation with our church, with our teachings. And most importantly, with the Lord Jesus Christ and our ministries as we serve together. So we want to welcome all these friends into our church membership and I'm going to ask our uh, elder chairman, Kyle Hurd, to come forward. And He's going to lead a prayer of dedication. And we have a little tradition after service. If you'd like, you don't have to, but I'd like them to stay up here. If you'd like to come down and, you know what, That's, no, let's, let's, let's go out there. Because what happens is half of you come this way, half of you come this way, and we crash in the middle. So right, give me a second. We'll go out to the narthex. And if you'd like to just come and just shake their hand and welcome them and wish God's blessing on them, uh, that would really be wonderful. Uh, shalom. God's peace be with all of you. Walk with Him. Serve Him. Love Him. Bring your requests to Him. Uh, we serve a wonderful, loving God. Amen? Amen. Kyle, lead us in a word of prayer.
1: Lord, it is a special Sunday. We just thank you for these new members. I remember about three weeks ago, the elders met with uh, each one of them, and we had a privilege to hear their testimony, how they came to know Christ as their personal Savior. What a blessing that was. It was also exciting to hear how Brian became part of their uh, church family, that they just loved coming here and they wanted to be part of it. And, Lord, we just thank you for this uh, congregation. What a privilege it is to be able to be part of this church, to get to know each other, to pray for each other, to serve in many different capacities at this church. And Lord, we just, they're so excited to have these new members as part of our congregation. In Christ's name. Amen.
0: Amen. Give me a second. Why don't you guys come on out with me, okay? And, uh, you, we'll have a chance to greet you coming on. Out. Dan, you're not even limping anymore. Nope. Alright. <laughs>